welcome. This is According to Callus, and oh my gosh, it's been a week since I put out my last episode. I am terribly sorry. Life got in the way. And <laughs> a little convention got in the way too. But that's what this is all about. We're going to call this the convention update. Yes, this is episode 204 of According to Callus, and I'm back. I missed the week, but it's not for lack of trying. So here we go. Quickly. The Republican Party still has a little bit of an identity crisis. Uh, the Republican Party did, however, get their business done. And we are going down a state. And hopefully we will improve some of the things we're doing and put a stronger set of teeth in rule number 43 as well as cause the platform planks that have been elevated to the status of a priority to actually see the light of day during a normal session. So let me go through a couple of the highlights, if you will. So uh, the party decided that if somebody gave money to leftist Democrats, votes for a leftist Democrat, and then within the same 18 months decides, well, now I'm going to be a Republican, they don't get to go to the state convention as a delegate. Now, I know that there are some people that will disagree with that decision. I have my own doubts about how some of that was carried out, but I can definitely understand the wisdom and the thought process behind that. And I do applaud the county party for taking the time out to debate it. Now, we'll admit it was a bit irritating as it chewed up the time for the platform report or the resolutions committee report, if you will. But it was important business that needed to be dealt with. And I think that the outcome would be sustained. Uh, so that's that's item number one. Item number two. While in the process of doing our intros for the various candidates and elected officials that were present, uh, one of the candidates got up and was greeted with an outburst of emotional banter from the audience. Yes, somebody was exercising the heckler's veto, not once, not twice, but three times within the same, let's say, minutes worth of span. It was bad enough that that person was basically told, be quiet or you'll be escorted out by none other than our faithful leader of the convention. Uh, I'll leave his name out because he probably doesn't want to be mentioned either. Uh, as I'm doing the same for both the candidate and the individual who interrupted. Uh, as of note, the uh, there was an individual sitting next to me uh, who was in a position to have removed that person with force, if necessary, who made sure to find out just exactly who was causing the disruption. Just as a side note, whether or not I agree with an individual's particular outburst is irrelevant. There are proper ways to object and interfering or interrupting somebody while they're speaking, particularly when they are a sponsor, is not appropriate, not a good idea, and should not be tolerated. So, that's okay. 
because what's done is done and all is well and we will carry on. The other thing of note, the platform committee met for north of 20 hours and we really only had two or three people come and testify. However, as is the norm, there were some 40-something resolutions or platform amendments that were put forth at the convention. And before I go any further, let me just say that is your right. I would protect your right even if I disagreed with your particular plank or amendment or resolution However, it is frustrating because clearly these guys feel passionate about the platform, but they didn't show up or show any interest in submitting this stuff at the precinct convention or during the time we were meeting. Instead, they each submitted somewhere in the neighborhood of five resolutions or planks. I mean, there was a number of people that submitted more than one. And yours truly has done two or three in a given uh, convention as well. I, I have no disregard for that. And back in 2016, I didn't know any better either. I didn't even realize there was a committee you could go testify in front of. I was pleasantly surprised. And I've been fortunate enough to serve on that committee now twice. And now I see how this happens because we don't do a good job of telling people, hey, if these things are of interest to you, if they if they're worthy of consideration, you really ought to bring them before the committee so that the committee can talk to you and get information and make a decision and put it forward. But as usual, that didn't happen. So we we had 40 some amendments and fortunately through some last minute rule changes, we were able to hear about half of them. A little more than half, actually. And while that might not sound like much, had we followed the rules, which honestly, I would have preferred to follow the original rules. They put a lot of effort into creating those rules and they were very actually good rules. They just would have never allowed us to get as far as we did. And I mean, that's frustrating for everybody. And now part of that was the time we spent on disallowing a delegate. And part of that was the fact that we chose to rent a building that required us to leave by 4 p.m. Now, and for just future reference, Colin GOP, not a good choice. We ought to be able to stay until at least 6 p.m. At least that you're, you're doing a disservice to your delegates. And I don't know who to blame. I'm not going to point fingers I'm just saying, Colin, GOP, we need to do better. You got two years to improve it for next time around. That that's We left way too many things hanging. Now, most of that could have been cured had these people that were so interested in fixing our platform shown up for the actual time to testify on these issues. But that's water under the bridge. And again, they have every right and I would protect that right to bring them up at the convention floor because that's what the purpose of a convention is for. Their purpose is to be able to discuss these things, debate them, and decide whether or not we feel strongly about them or not. So that was interesting thing, I guess, uh, number two. 
the other bit of interesting information is I got to work with a young man on the uh, platform resolutions committee, and he put forth a number of interesting um, planks for consideration. Now, most of them ended up being defeated, and I encouraged him. This is this is good. These discussions need to happen. The problem is, is the Republican Party or the conservatives, even if you prefer, have the same fault that they accurately point out about our progressive brethren. That is, they think government can fix things. They think government is a benign entity that can come in and, quote, do the good thing or do the right thing. It never really works out that way. But we still keep trying it time and time again. In fact, there is pushback anytime you try and hold government officials in check. Now, as you may recall, um, about two years ago, I put forth a series of amendments or actually be more precisely put forth a series of resolutions that contained a number of items that I thought were worthy of being discussed by the state legislature. The theory being is that Republicans or conservatives tend to feel a way, a certain way about these things that would be generally beneficial to the people that would be affected. And it would be best to have us address these issues and potentially correct any problems that may exist. And I was shot down directly. And I, you know, took my lumps, moved on. And some of those issues came back up, not necessarily of my doing, but they came back up this time. And we had one lone gentleman from out of state, mind you, who recently relocated. And he stepped forward to chastise us for daring to question some of the methods employed by our government officials and how we should be always supportive of government officials and we should not question their means and what they do in their tactics. And yes, I'm being purposely vague because I don't wish to be flagged or attacked because honestly, they went after the fact that it was a legislative priority. It was almost as if it was a sacrificial lamb. Because the truth be told, those very same issues are already in the platform because the Republican Party, the conservatives, the, I don't know, normal people that inhibit the party understand that while we have a predisposition to support government action in certain things, we also realize that some of that stuff needs to be watched and watched closely and that government can't be trusted, quite frankly. And the people that are in the government especially can't be trusted. So... I am grateful that uh, the sacrificial lamb of the legislative priority took the brunt of that. Uh, Shamefully enough, though, we had an opportunity to pass without objection a requirement, slightly different topic, but a requirement that all law enforcement and judges, I guess, I'm trying to remember the exact platform plank, so... But it was proposed that they have to go through constitutional training at least once a year. Now, the same person objected to this as well. Not really sure what the reasoning was because it wasn't given an opportunity for debate. I will tell you that it passed unanimously out of the Platform Resolutions Committee, but 
through no malfeasance, I'm sure it got lost and was not included in the report. It was a really good idea. And the gentleman that wrote that amendment brought it to my attention. And I strongly recommended to him that he resubmit that for reconsideration. I have no doubt it would have sailed through SD8 had it been given an opportunity. But there was a number of other planks, if you will, or amendments that were turned in before his. And we did not get that opportunity. I am grateful for the opportunity to perhaps bring that back up in front of the state convention in the committee there um, for reconsideration, for inclusion in the state platform. I think that if people are going to be enforcing the law, they ought to know the law. And in this, I mean the highest law of the land, which would be the U.S. slash Texas constitutions. They ought to be trained on it. Now, If I was going to be completely honest, I'm sure in time that training would take on the same uh, the same aura as certain other mandatory training takes, right? The people go there and they just check out. They don't pay attention. Oh, they sign a little piece of paper that they've been educated and they understand. But they really don't. And and most people, they do just enough to stay out of trouble. And honestly, I, I'd be helpful to have that happen. I mean, I would be grateful for that outcome that the people that are in the possession of badges and guns to enforce the rule of law actually understood what the highest law of the land was and or at least claim that they did so that if they did something that violated that, there would be some teeth to deal with that. I would be extremely grateful. But sadly, the, at SDA, we weren't able to do anything with that. So, brief recap. Uh, we got our work done. We chose our delegates. We're going to go to the state. The state convention's in June. Uh, the runoff is, uh, is coming up in May. And as a brief reminder, there is going to be a runoff debate on April 9th. That's a Saturday from 10 to 12. We're going to have both gentlemen running to be the constable for Precinct 1 in Collin County go head to head and discuss why they think they are going to be the better constable. And Directly after that, in that same two-hour time span, will be both candidates in the runoff for HD61. Now, I myself have a number of questions that I have developed over the last month that will be interesting to see how they get answered by actually both of these races. What I would strongly suggest is you drift on over to the Constitutional Texans page and submit your questions there or respond to the email that was sent out as a reminder, or if you're really not interested in putting any effort in, you can just make comments on this page group or my podcast directly. And hopefully we'll see it in time to get it added. I think this could be very entertaining. I'm sorry, I meant educational. (laughs) Actually, it'll probably be both. I, I want to be at least somewhat 
light humored on some of these questions, but some of them, they need to be very serious questions. They need to give good answers because honestly, whoever wins is likely to be with us for the next eight to 10 years. And I'd sure like to make a good educated guess on who's going to do a better job. I would like to know just a little bit more about the way they think and how they process things before we hire them. And that's essentially what this runoff is going to be because both these districts are skewed heavily Republican, right? The Democrat can run, but the chances of Democrat winning, not real high. I'm not going to lose sleep over that, to be honest with you, but it would be best if we had at least a somewhat loyal opposition to some of these things because it keeps people honest. And really what we need is for our elected officials to be honest and do the right thing whenever possible, but in all things, be honest. And I really think that there's a good number of them that struggle with that. They want to paint it in the best possible light. And hey, you know, I was in sales at one point. I get it. You want to always be sunshine and lollipops and tell people about the unicorns and rainbows, but Sometimes there's just bad stuff and you got to be straight about it. You got to be honest and say, well, this is what we got. It's not the best situation, but this is how I think we can move past it. This is how I think we can best resolve it. But getting people to do that can be tough, but you should draw your own conclusions. You should really be doing your own research. And if you're not willing to do your own research, hey, you can listen to the audio of the debate because we will post it here and there and everywhere because we want for our voters to be educated, to know what it is they're voting for and why they're voting for. And while I would prefer that you agree with me and vote the way that I may vote, I would much rather that you have enough understanding and education of the situation or the issues at hand that whatever decision you make, you feel confident enough about it to be able to defend it. Because that's really what makes the republic work. That's really what's best for everybody involved. Is an educated populace. You know, our founding fathers talked about that many, many times. And I know that there's a big push, even by some local elected officials, to just pretend those people never were around or they were irrelevant or, quite frankly, they're just bad men. But setting all that aside, your personal afflictions or personal opinions of their moral misgivings or shortcomings or problematic uh, positions that they held that were actually quite normal 250 years ago, let us consider that much of what they said has borne out to be true. Prophetic shows great understanding. Why would we want to reject that? Because we got upset about how they thought about one or two issues. So I'm taking a little time off reading a novel at the moment, but I intend to return to some of the uh, books that I've picked up over the last year or two that talk about different uh, ways that government can be dealt with. And uh, I've talked about that from time to time and right on the cusp of deciding about the uh, Liberty Book Club. As spring comes around and the Seasons change and schedules get adjusted. Perhaps the time is coming. If you're interested, you think that might be mm, worth your time. Make a comment on the, this podcast episode. 
It can be as simple as count me in or I want more info. But do me the favor. Do that. I mean, if you don't want to share the show, you don't want to like the show, you don't want to even comment on anything else, at least go to my Facebook page or send me a text. It's not that hard to get a hold of me and say, yeah, I'd be interested. What are you thinking? Anything. We have to be better educated. We have to have a better understanding of how these things are working, how they're supposed to work, what the ideals behind them were. It's very hard to sell something that you don't understand. You have to transfer your belief. And if you don't even know what you believe, how can you possibly convince somebody else? Couple that with the fact that we have to undo 12 years of programming for most people. While we're on the subject of programming, let me just say that one of the issues that came up at the convention, um, we dealt with it in the committee, and I was happy to um, find a appropriate compromise without compromising the intent. By inserting the word ideally... You protect the idea, you protect the desire, but you also don't reject people that don't quite make that ideal. Now, in today's day and age, and everybody's so sensitive about every little thing, the idea that you're being rejected can be blown way out of proportion. So I counseled the delegation of the SDA convention, and I said, look, If you're upset about the way things are, you need to consider the fact that you sacrificed your children to government indoctrination for 12 years, most of us. Then you go to churches that refuse to address these issues, refuse to stand up and say the right thing, or this is what you should be doing. And then 20 years later, you act surprised when your generation that follows you, your children or your grandchildren, don't agree with you and they reject all the things that you were trying to teach them because you sent them to Rome and now they've come home as Romans. And yes, it's very convenient to blame the the colleges. Well, I sent my kid, they were normal to college, and they came home pagans or they came home, mm, I don't know, choose your words, progressives. But the fact of the matter is, is you set them up before they ever went to college. If you sent them to a government school, the college merely exposed the shortcomings that they were given and merely opened up that wound and caused them to question everything. You ought to be pointing that finger at yourself as parents or grandparents. And hey, I'm one, I'm with, I'm one of them. I'm with you. We have to make compromises. We have to we do things that are less than perfect in order to be able to function and do things. But you've got to do your best to look out for your kids, your following generation, your grandkids. You make sacrifices. You do what you can. And even then, there's no guarantee that it's going to turn out perfectly. I have no several families that did everything right on paper. Things didn't turn out perfectly. Do you blame the parents? blame the kids? Do you blame society? Or do you just accept that we live in a fallen world and sometimes people do what they want, even to their own detriment? So 
Not surprisingly, SD8 did not see the wisdom of what I tried to explain. They were caught up by the idea that if only they can just reject a word and conserve a statement that will somehow fix everything. I warned them that words weren't going to change anything. It was action. It was going to be behaviors. It was going to be leading. It was going to be time well spent. Hey, but we put a, we took a word out. We preserved a sentence. Everything's better. I hope they're right. I really do. I have my doubts. But at the end of the convention, I walked away actually quite happy. We were able to get a lot of things done that I was happy with. We we didn't do anything that was bad, right? Uh we finished it off and we're sending it on down to Austin. The couple of things that were left out, uh, the one I mentioned already. The other thing is, for whatever reason, nobody thought it was worth talking about the war, the Russo-Ukrainian war, or whatever we're going to call it. <laughs> one of the uh, resolutions I put forward, which got lost in the shuffle because there were so many of them, was just a statement that Republican Party of Texas does not wish for the United States to escalate that situation any further. The loss of life, the damage incurred, the terrible situation that both sides of people find themselves in is brought upon solely by their governments and bad management. And us getting involved will only make things worse for those people was a little more eloquent, definitely a little more shorter in presentation on written. But the idea that we would just go along because resident Biden thinks, well, this is going to make more money for my family. And I, I mean, that's just a bad idea. I know we all quote unquote benefit from wars, particularly when they're not in the United States. But the question is, do we really, do we really, do we justify loss of life? Because General Electric, Raytheon, uh, Boeing, Lockheed, they made a little more money for shareholders. I mean, I'm sure ExxonMobil and uh, BP and uh, Royal Dutch Shell are all generally happy with the cost of oil right now. But are we really better off? I don't think the answer is yes. I'm going to do an immediate follow-up to this since I <laughs> it's Wednesday and I hadn't put out an episode in a week. So I'm going to try and do two tonight to uh, make up some of that gap. Uh, release one immediately and one probably uh, later this evening. The idea being is that you got to put out the content. You got to get the word out. And as I say... This is, according to Callus, this was episode 204. This was my convention update and a few other things. I will see you on the other side.